Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me for today's episode is Sandy Hewell. She is a broker, a property owner, an investor, an instructor on property management. She, as we just were chatting, does it all in this business. There's so much going on in what she does, and she kind of does it all. So, um, Sandy, I'm really excited to have you joining me today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for inviting me, Allison. This is like, this is an interesting endeavor for me. <laughs> no, we're really excited to have you. And, and like we mentioned, I know you're an instructor and you've been in this industry many, many years. So it is an honor to have you on the podcast and trying something new. So it's going to be fun. We're going to have Thank fun you. today. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So before we get started in the world that is real estate investing, which is so cool and there's so much to talk about, which is going to be why today's episode I'm really excited about. But I have to ask our signature question before we get started, which is, this is called the Real View Podcast. What is the best view that you've ever seen? This is a very interesting question. And I could say the world, you know, you look out the window and it's it's amazing. But one of the most interesting things I've ever seen was the green sphere. It's when you watch a sunset touch the ocean Mm. and it's not always but for a very brief like millimeter of a second there's a green flash some people call it the emerald and just amazing oh that sounds so beautiful what's your favorite beach that that you've seen this on oh gosh the i've only seen it one time and it was actually an across atlantic uh, cruise Oh, wow. The Atlantic somewhere. Wow, that's awesome. And it's like so, probably so clear. I've only been on a cruise one time and it was many years ago, but it's just so clear when you get out there on the sea. And I mean, you can't almost, you know, if it's a really quiet sea night, you can't tell the difference between the water and the sky. And it's just like beautiful, beautiful. It is. It's amazing to think of everything that's out there and and all of the sites there are, but that is probably the one that's really touched my soul. I love that. And you still remember it now. And, and we're talking about yeah. it on this podcast today. So that's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you. What do you do for a living? We mentioned kind of some of your different roles and, and what you do, but go into a little bit more detail about what you do for a living, your involvement and background in real estate. How did you get started? <laughs> Break well, it down for us. Started back in 1910. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not that long ago, right? <laughs> I lucked into, early in my career, lucked into being an instructor, which has brought out that creative side of me. It's the only thing I have any creativity with at all in my whole life is, is real estate. Yeah. But there's so many different facets to the business As you said, I am a real estate agent, a broker. I've managed some of the larger, owned a company that had several several very successful agents. I am an investor myself. I teach investing. I have a host of different classes that I teach, you know, pretty much throughout the Midwest. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. How did you get started? Did you always know that real estate was kind of the career path that you wanted to go down? Did someone kind of encourage you to to look at that or how, how did you get started in it? My dad was a builder way back when and his sister loved going through these uh, cavalcade homes and open houses. I mean, I think she drugged me through anything she possibly could to have someone to go with her. And, you know, I guess that sort of started it all somehow along the way. And I had an interesting conversation with a gentleman that I didn't realize at the time was a real estate broker. And he was talking about the business and and the different, uh, well, you know, he was strictly residential real estate. And he got me into it. So there it started. And the rest is history. And now you've been able to, to develop so many businesses and properties and what you know, we're, we're really here to talk about today, which is real estate investing in the in the world of that. And um, we mentioned you are an instructor in this. You're actually hopefully going to be presenting um, a course to us uh, later this year to Ohio Realtors members, which will be really awesome. Make sure to look out for more information on that later this year. Yeah. But let's start at the beginning. What is real estate investing? We hear this word. What is it? And why do people want to get involved? Why is it kind of, why is it an investment? Tell us a little bit about about the business. Okay, so why real estate as an investment? Well, God isn't making any more land. So, you know, that's it's a limited commodity, if you will, in that respect. The any investment counselor will tell you that to get started in any investment is to know your your goals and your risk. Mm. Your risk level, what can you absorb as a as a risk? Because there's ups and downs to everything. Not every property is going to make you a ton of money. But the, for me, it's always been the long haul. <clears throat> you know, I have really good tenants. I have, uh, I screen them very well. Uh, I have had a lot of people that started their investing uh, portfolio with me. That's always exciting for me because you know it's. I just like beginnings, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and to, to, you know, be a part of someone's story, you know, from day sure. one, I think is really cool. And then I bet you get to also see how they grow and evolve as from that first property right. into, you know, more and more and more. We just put together a huge deal, took us a year for one of my very first investors ever to sell some of his properties and really go big. So it was sort of like a monopoly game. If yeah. You it was so, oh gosh, it was so exciting and so rewarding. And I'm so thrilled that he was able to do the deal he did. He, he's doing very well. That's awesome. So how does someone really get started? You know, you mentioned you want you love being a part of that first time experience of uh, starting real estate investing. What is the first step if someone's interested or thinking about doing this? And maybe I don't know from the perspective of perspective of both, maybe a realtor and, um, you know, a consumer, a homeowner. What does that kind of look like if they want to start exploring this path? There has been a lot of hit and misses and the investment, you know, a lot of people when the last boom hit, you know, when it, when the market just crashed and went kind of crazy and everybody was buying up these foreclosures and slapping some paint on them and trying to sell them. And some people made it and some did different, you know, they just didn't. I think that a good, a good conversation is where to start with someone with experience or an education and how to do this. 
because knowing the basics is key. It, let's say you and I, for instance, were having this discussion. My first question was, it would be, you know, what do you, what is your end goal? You know, where do you hope to end? Because that, that helps me to know where you're going to begin. Mm-hmm. But Allison, there's people that have started this because they've gotten an inheritance. Perhaps one of their their parents had died leaving the property that at a time when they couldn't get the money they thought they wanted out of it and ended up doing very well with it. So there's all sorts of different people, different reasons and different uh, examples. And how can it be beneficial? You know, when you think about investing, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. You're like, oh, if I can make money off of something, you know, why why not do it? But tell us a little bit about, you know, the plus side of it. And then maybe we can talk, too, about the challenges or, or you know, the, the harder parts of being a property manager or an investor. But how can it be a, a beneficial? And then what are some of those challenges that go along with it? I'll give you an example with one of my investors. He he does not live locally. Uh, He was a physician here locally before he moved. He moved out west. When he moved, he thought he was going to come right back, to be honest with you. He thought he'd only be gone about a year, 18 months. So we agreed to lease out his house and (laughs) I should say the rest is history. Another friend of his had a property and he ended up buying that sight unseen. And they trusted the information I'd sent him and And from there, he built up a portfolio that was giving him an income that, to be very honest with you, not too many people would uh, sneeze at. Mm -hmm. Just as a property owner, he was that kind of an income, aside from his real profession, if you will. Now, for him, he says, he jokingly says, I sit back and Sandy puts money in my account. (laughs) Because I took, as a property manager, I took care of everything else. Mm. So that and that's basically what I as a as a property manager myself, that's my spiel, if you will, yeah. to homeowners. You know, I take care of everything. So you just collect the money. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. Do you work with uh, many realtors that get involved in this? You know, as we think about our industry, you know, who knows homes and the home ownership life and, and buying and selling more than realtors, right? Do you find that this is something that many you have many clients of that, that are licensed or is it mainly um, people outside of our profession? I have mentored several, a lot of agents that wanted to get into this as an investment. They don't need me for their actual agent, but they did. They definitely needed, and they started by taking class, and that they knew they had that bug or that inkling, that desire to do this, and so they started investigating, took the class, and found out that they really wanted to get into it. So from there, we... <laughs> we worked out a plan. I helped them. I guess a great way to say that, would it's not a business plan, but yet it is. But that was that was my goal for them. You know, let's set out, you know, how we can accomplish what you want to do. It's been exciting for me. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. 
With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. How did you decide um, that you kind of wanted to get involved in this? Was this something that you, yeah, I I would love to hear kind of the background story um, of you getting involved. This is so funny. I think I started by accident. I have a saying that I've always used. You know what you get when you don't get a commission? You get experience. Oh, I like that. Well, I have a lot of experience. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of experience. So how did I get started? I started with a house that I had that I, it was at a time in the market where I couldn't sell. I couldn't get the money out of it that I wanted. It was a nice property and it was in a great uh, location for tenants. I leased it out. Uh, Still own it all these years later. I have had the same tenant in it now for 18 years. Wow. This year, yeah. Wow. Of course, the rents have increased, but this particular tenant is checks like it's her own home and and I like that yeah (laughs) she tells everybody she owns it and I'm okay with that there you go so that's that started it and and it's just gone from there I've seen as an agent I see deals that come up that I know that with a little bit of elbow grease this could be a really sharp property and you know so I would buy them and another thing I was interested in is I'm sure you're able to tell kind of what are what are properties that may be better investments than others. Could you tell us a little bit about how you pick and choose between those or what makes a good investment property? I am a firm believer in taking care of the property because I do want to keep long-term tenants. I want to attract good tenants and I want to keep them. Um, my goal is not to turn over, you know, every year or whatever. That's That's just never been a goal. So if it's a property that I can bring to my standards or that is at my standards and is it a acquisition of that property doesn't exceed a certain percent. So I have a budget. So let's say I want to make this much money each month off of that property. Well, then I work it backward. You know, how much do I have to put into it? How much is it going to cost me each month? That kind of thing. And then what kind, we call it a cap rate. What kind of rate of return am I going to get? And if all of that works out, then it's great and wonderful. Yeah. And do you find that um, it's oftentimes people are more successful than not? Is it, what's kind of the the breakdown, would you say, or what, you know, really makes someone stand out when they do real estate investing versus not? Allison, residential real estate is sold on emotion. Mm. It just is. Investment, you have to take all the emotion out. So I have gotten within a very, well, within $1,000 and turn the property down. We've ne- we negotiated back, this has been a couple of years ago, but we were within $1,000 and I just would not, I because that would cut into my money. And why do I want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not working for them. If I'm buying it, I'm working for me. Mm-hmm. I've had clients that have, against my advice, got into these bidding wars and kept going and kept going. And and paid top dollar for it, and then they wonder why they don't have that profit margin that we had discussed originally. 
You have to know what your numbers are. And how have you kind of seen this this market change or maybe stay the same? You know, we know all where real estate stands today. It is so crazy. There is such a short amount of inventory out there and, and multiple offers are definitely something that our realtors deal with on an everyday basis. How has that kind of changed or not changed the investment industry? I have one investor that continues to invest. Again, he's not a lot of my investors are not from this area, have never been to this area, but they they make more money in this area. Mm. Now, he continues to go ahead and invest. I have others that have put on hold. How would I know? I would know it if, if it's a property that needs to have some TLC, not major, but some TLC that, that in the budget, that budget would have that surplus for, then it would be a good, you know, a good investment. With properties being, they don't come up rapidly as if they did back when, you know, when all the foreclosures were, but it's, you can still find some really good deals. That's really good to know. You know, if, if people might be weary of how the market is right now, you know, we know, um, you know, putting offers in and getting accepted, you know, is, is a scary thing these days with so many different pieces at play and so many uh, potential buyers, you know, trying to, to find the same home. But I think that's really great to mention that those properties are still out there despite the low sure. in- inventory and despite kind of some of the challenges that could be that exist right now with, with today's market. So I think that that's great to know that it's still a strong option and that those still exist. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you paid ask price, list price, it still could be a great deal. Mm. Not one of these that I have to get, you know, so much below ask in order to make it a good deal. The good deal comes with your numbers, Mm. your formulas. Yeah. And then do you find with a lot of these investment properties that there are some work that has to go into them? Should, you know, people maybe interested in in buying a property go into that with that? Or do you find that that's more common or not? Not. The last couple that we bought were pretty much good to go. That's awesome. The last two that we bought I had them cleaned and that was it. Wow. So that's that's also good to know, I think, to people who may be weary of buying something because they don't want to go through the work of remodeling or, you know, having contractors in and out. So I think that's two really good positives that there are still great homes available despite low right. inventory and that you may not have to put in a ton of work that they could just be simple as, as hiring a cleaning company and that's it. Absolutely. It's every day there is a new opportunity. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I liked what you said too a little bit ago about tenants and and finding the right people uh, for a property that you have. Tell us a little bit about that and and how you navigate that and what um, investors should know about finding tenants and screening them and keeping them because you've had someone for 18 years. You know, that's amazing. How were you able to keep them for so long? I keep the property maintained for one. Yeah. I am not greedy where the rent is market rent, but it's I'm not gouging anyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been a win-win for me. The how do you screen tenants? I use a service that does the, you know, background checks, the evictions and all of that. And all of that's great and wonderful. But then it comes down to verifying them. I want to talk to their landlord, their current landlord. I want to talk to their uh, supervisors at work. And so let's go back to using you as an example. I would call your supervisor. And one of the questions I might ask is, would you rent to Allison? You know, you're, you're applying to be my tenant, so I'm going to ask your supervisor, would they rent to you? 
I might uh, ask your current landlord the same question. Would you rent to her again? So that's, you know, there's a list of questions that I ask. So I want to verify. I don't want to just assume that everything is on their sheet is correct. A low credit score has never, ever scared me with a tenant. If everything they've ever touched has been repossessed, that's a good indication I don't want them as a tenant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they have a low credit score and then I'm, I'm reviewing it and it looks as though a lot of it was medical, you know, something like that, I get that. I understand that. If, if they didn't have low credit, they'd probably be owning. Mm. So it's not a matter of the credit score as much as what's on the credit. Yeah, I think that's really good to point to is that you don't have to be afraid of that. That can be a barrier to getting individuals in homes sometimes. So I think that that's great, uh, you know, that you mentioned that and that that option is known to people interested in this is, is you don't, you know, automatically have to turn somebody away right. and that they can still be great tenants, you know, despite that number. Yeah, I know there's a lot of landlords that do go by a certain number. They don't buy, don't bother putting in the application if your credit score is below a certain number for them. That's their choice, and that's great. That's how they run their business. Everybody has a different business model. There's no one way for everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. So you mentioned, too, about maintaining and managing the property, right? So right. Um, how much time would you say you put into to that, to management, to, you know, fixing it up, making sure it's looking good, working good if something breaks, you know, having to deal with that? Because I think that's the other part of it, too, is not only, you know, are you finding the properties and having tenants, but it's also maintenance, you know? So talk to us a little bit about maintenance, the time that it takes for that and the roles and responsibility of that. Ooh, I have been blessed with a fabulous handyman. Mm. I've had, we've been together 30 years that he has done work for me. And he will tell people, I mean, he does work for others, but he will tell people, Sandy comes first. <laughs> sort of his bread and, and butter, if you, if, if you will. He knows he's going to have business with me. So this past weekend, new tenants, they had just moved in the first week of January, this weekend, they had a major flood in the basement. Oh, my gosh. One of the pipes had burst, and it was, oh, they called me. They were crying. They were so upset. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Something wrong, on and on and on. He goes down. He gets that everything stopped. That was the main thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we have plumbers going in to, to repair that. Wow. It's a cost I didn't anticipate. It's a cost that is not going to be cheap, but it's a cost that's covered by the reserve that I have for and, that property. And that's a part of the business, too. You know, when we talk about the risks and the reward is, you know, sometimes these <clears throat> things do happen, right? Oh, Lordy. And when you least expect it. Mm. When you least expect it. Uh, an appliance could go out. Mm-hmm. When you least expect it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just life. It's just something you have to deal with. Yeah. So is that, you mentioned like reserves, is that something you kind of uh, plan for, you know, putting money aside in case some of these things happen? Is that something you recommend, you know, you doing in your business and clients doing as well? Absolutely. The reserve comes with a plan. So, you know, if you're buying a property that's 20 years old, the roof is 20 years old. The furnace might be 20 years old or close, you know, 
So I look at those kinds of things and think, okay, well, if the HVAC system is over 15 years, good chance is I'm going to have to replace that real soon. So in my budget for that property, I have to make sure I have money in reserve for that. So each month, you know, more and more money goes in for that particular replacement or something else that's coming up or whatever. And finding good handyman, I think that that's also a great tip that, you know, I think is worth mentioning again, because how helpful is that, you know, when you think about time and and managing in general to have somebody, you know, on speed dial or right, you know, readily available saying, you know, you you become before all other clients. Um, That is probably such a huge help and a huge tip, you know, in running these. Huge. If I'm going out of town, you know, they have his number. Now, he understands that if a tenant asks him something, then they are going to pay him. Because mm, mm. if it doesn't come from me, it's not going to be paid by me. Yeah. He and I've worked really well with that. Uh, I mean, he gets it. Yeah. I have been blessed. I think everybody, I collect people. I, you know, I have an electrician that I know that I can rely on that will, you know, fit me in pretty quickly if, if it's an emergency. Uh, the same with a plumber. And collecting people, knowing people that you can rely on is key, you know, you, because I can't do everything. Yeah, that's that's super important. And is it the same, too, for, um, you know, yard management and that kind of thing? Do you have, you know, people you call on, or is that something that your tenants kind of deal with? I deal a lot. I handle a lot of single family. Mm-hmm. And tenant is liable for that responsible for that gotcha. and I like that of their their lease if you will I have a couple of multifamilies and my handyman will go and do this you know he takes care of the yard and that's awesome he puts it on his calendar to do ever so often and it just gets done it's seamless yeah that's yeah. that's awesome and that's something that kind of every property owner or manager can come up with for themselves you know there's not really a right or way right or wrong way, you know, to kind of handle that. That's kind of the cool thing about the flexibility of this is you can really come up with what you want it to look like for you. So what right. what other advice do you have for, for you know, beginners, for people that, you know, are are maybe have one to two but want to do a little bit more and then, and then maybe for the more experienced people? Uh, what other advice do you have for them? I like to put eyeballs on a property at least every month. That's important. Now, if I I do this for my for my owners, I am their eyes. And so here's the idea behind that. If I'm going by a property and I'm noticing there's a lot of trash in the yard or there's something that is, you know, it's just not right, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can jot them a note or pay attention to it and go back down, you know, by there sooner rather than later. I don't want anything to build up. I go through all of the properties at least twice a year. Mm. I use the excuse that it's, what did I, the last one, I owned the property, but I told, oh, this is for my files. So I never say, I want to be nosy and go through your properties. (laughs) I have to update my files and go through for inventory. I'll be down, you know, I always give them notice. That's awesome. I don't require anybody to clean up for me, but it's very interesting to see if they're taking care of the property or not mm-hmm. because I can't let it get out of hand. Right. Right. That's your responsibility kind of as the owner, right? Is to make sure your, yeah. then your property stays. 
A big tip would be, like I said, I have Mike, my handyman. He will tell me. If he has, if he goes in to repair something, he'll tell me. You know, this is getting really torn up in here. The carpet's bad, the this, yeah. that, the other. Yeah, that's awesome. And what would you say, you know, I think it's so important, that relationship between a landlord and a tenant. What makes a really strong relationship? How do you, you know, keep someone in a home for 18 years? You know, clearly you, you have mastered that if, you know, you're, you're having the same person for so many years. What is the key to having a great relationship there? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's I some think of the things that you mentioned, you know. An open line of communication would be, I think, really key. Mm-hmm. I'm not their friend, but I am friendly. Mm-hmm. I am very responsive to their, any concerns. You know, years ago, we had a tenant who didn't want to call us because his previous landlord, every time they called their, for any repair, the rent went up. And so when the water started leaking and we're paying the water bill, <laughs> I'm calling him about it. He said, yeah, but I didn't want to bother you. Well, then I, when I'm down there, I explained to him, this is no bother. Mm-hmm. I want to stay on top of the property. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I think I put that in their their bonnet when I lease it to them. You know, hopefully we'll be here, sitting here five years from now or something like that. You yeah. know, so pre-programmed. Yeah, so, setting that expectation already, you know, sure. if you're a good, you know, if you take care of this and do everything you need to do as a tenant, then we want you to stay, right? We don't want to have to go through trying to move people in and out, and no one likes moving in and out all the time. You know, it's moving's a big enough hassle as it is. Oh, boy, isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any last bits you want to mention before we wrap it up here today? This is like so cool. I, I'm learning so much myself and, and you're so amazing and so knowledgeable in this. And I think you've dropped some real gems and, and takeaways to anyone listening to this. I think, you know, you, you've done an amazing job at offering some great bit of, bits of advice here. I thank you for that. I mean, there's horror stories that we could do a whole nother hour. Yeah, we'll have to. Let's bring you on like during like October <laughs> and Halloween when we're doing like scary themes. And let's do like <laughs> like rental horror stories. I would love to have you back on. Yeah, we could do that. I would love that. I mean, the biggest takeaway is to educate yourself. If you are a real estate agent wanting to either yourself invest or work with investors, and sometimes that goes hand in hand, by the way then get the education and the training you need. As you said earlier, I mean, we're offering those courses through the Ohio Realtors. It's And it's not just one course. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that you have a, a basic foundation for, basic knowledge of the the formulas, the, the goals, what your goal is. You know, oh, I want to make money isn't a goal. Yeah. But it isn't a, a long-term goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so so important to get educated and, and find you a Sandy that'll help you along that's an expert in this. As you mentioned, you know, you've mentored dozens of people through this process. So um, really great advice. And who better, if you are a realtor member and you're listening to this, who better to get started in this than people who already know the ins and outs of home ownership? So we already have a leg up on kind of some of those other individuals or we're guiding our clients to, you know, in the best way to do this too, if that's something they're interested in as well. So get educated, find out more if this is something you're interested in, sign up for our course that we'll be having, you know, later this year. We'll keep you guys posted on all of that, but great options. And Sandy, this is so great. Congratulations on your success as a property manager, as a broker, as a realtor and and an educator and all of the 
wonderful things that you do for our industry. <laughs> thanks for coming on today. And thanks for sharing your experience and your knowledge with our listeners. My pleasure. Thank you. And to our, all of our listeners, we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. That's all for this week. We will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Hubble Pod production.